Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. The LodgeCast is a little podcast where we watch weird movies. So you don't have to. Episode 169, AMC Screen Unseen Mystery Movie. Hello and welcome to an Endless Possibilities of Mystery and Magic episode of the LodgeCast. I'm your LodgeCast with me as always is Brother Bishki. I want to believe. (laughs) We got Brother Lucas in the back. What screen's there? And joining us for this very brave adventure is none other than Brother Justin. Building a mystery. Oh, we're building a mystery tonight, folks. What is going on tonight, Bishki? What What's going on here? AMC Screen Unseen. Hashtag Screen Unseen. Is a nationally projected film <laughs> of a yet-to-be-released movie uh, <laughs> that nobody knows until it hits the the screen oh my god that sounds and, like it's ripe for technical difficulties yeah yeah <laughs> cory feldman involved no i don't think it's i don't think it's live broadcast <laughs> i, I looked, lost in london i looked at the yeah it was playing in the minnesota theaters it's, right. it's playing everywhere and, and it's five dollars a ticket because you don't know what you're getting into yeah and it's rated r rated r rated r and uh I've got some speculations on what it might be. <laughs> but we have no clue. But we have no clue. We've been staying off the gossip rags, right, Lucas? Yes. Yeah. We've been staying <laughs> off AMC A-list Reddit, yes. which I'm sure That's, has spoiled it by now. It's a buzz with just, activity. Yeah. Just to be safe, I've never been on AMC A-list Reddit. <laughs> it's pretty entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. People take it pretty seriously, even yeah. more seriously than we do. Yeah. But the $5 aspect is going to bring out the wild bunch tonight. That's less than any item on the concession stand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, at first I thought it was like, oh, this is just a random movie. Like, it's like the Nun 2, like something that already right. came out. But it's new. It hasn't come out yet. It's the so- Nun 3. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my, my... Yeah, what's your guess? Guess is it's either Silent Night by John yeah. Woo, rated mm, R, coming yeah. out on Friday. Mm. Or it's Michael Mann's Ferrari coming out at Christmas. Mm. What if those were R. my guesses, though? That was my, <laughs> that's what I thought this was going to okay. be. Okay, Michael Mann? It's got to be Silent Night, right? Like, that's well, the kind it, of movie that this $5 crowd... Yeah, because it's got to appeal to everyone. I guess you're right. Yeah, I was also thinking Robert Eggers' Nosferatu. We're not that lucky. We're not that lucky. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. But... 
That would be great. I mean, I don't even know, like, what kind of crowd is this? Would they be like, holy shit, yeah! Or would they be that, like, what? I feel this is a diehard film-loving crowd. Yeah. I feel like only true cine-east, you know, throw down on the $5 mystery ticket. <laughs> right. I secretly right. have my fingers crossed for the Jason Statham action film, The Beekeeper. Oh, shit. Mm. Okay. Kill the bees! It could be any of that. All we know is that it's rated R. Rated R. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so let's just go around the car. What's your history with R-rated yeah. films? Yeah, what's your first R-rated movie bitch? that you walked into? You didn't know anything about. Um, I do have a one order of business. I want to thank the Lodgers. Our 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 Venmo is up and working. Oh yeah! And people have been buying us some popcorns. Thank you very much. And and we thank you. Um and I won't list them all because we're underground right now. But but um we will we will give a first name brother sister shout out to those yes. who who contribute and uh, we're it's on Venmo at Movie Lodgecast. If you care to buy us a popcorn, we will eat it. We will eat it and think of you. Yeah, they're, the chicken tenders at AMC are pretty good, too. I, I definitely recommend Lucas those. Lucas has been talking up the chicken tenders. I haven't had them You need to get two sauces with them. I you need to pay extra for the additional sauce. That's going to cost you, but you will appreciate it once you once you crack that second foil seal. I got to tell you, I've been thinking about that free investor's hot dog I had. <laughs> it's been on my mind, and I, I'm not one to think about hot dogs that often. You know what they should do for these screenings is you just give them five bucks and you get a mystery <laughs> item at the the concession stand <laughs> something that's going a little stale that they need Purple to popcorn liquidate like yeah. a wonka bar or something when i yeah. when i worked at a movie theater they gave us bonuses if we could sell whoppers because nobody fucking bought whoppers interesting i like whoppers i'd eat whoppers oh, i was thinking burger king okay and yeah, i know yeah. the malted milk balls yes, which are great. yes. no i hate better it. than Ugh. milk duds and i remember they were the premium items and they were $2. Mm, that's a tough sell. Mm. That's a tough sell. Times have changed in the pocketbook. Anyway, we got <laughs> a mystery movie to go see. One last thing. If the movie like hits the screen and we're all like, ugh, we must sit and watch it and review it. We're not oh, leaving. Shit. Oh, we're not it's like leaving. Like Al Pacino, like Adam Sandler, <laughs> we have to, double Duncanino. We, have, we have to commit to whatever okay. it is. Okay. Uh, we can't just walk and throw this. I mean, intro, yeah, does that way. include guests? <laughs> yeah, Justin can walk. All Justin right. can if always. It, if just it's walk. painful, if it's somehow, I don't even know what. But like, listen, no, I'm, we I'm can't going to walk. We have to cover we this. We got all dressed up for the ball. We got to dance with each other. Yeah, okay? we got to cover this, folks. Get on the edge of your seats, folks. <laughs> Movie roulette. Where will the ball land? Hopefully not double zero. Love and light, y'all. Mystery time.
We are back. We saw what has yet to be seen on screen. Oh, well, <laughs> our eyes tasted the forbidden fruit. Suffice it to say, what we actually saw tonight was nowhere on our radar. No. We had such hubris going in. We thought we knew what AMC was up to. There was a John Woo Silent Night poster outside auditorium number two. We were so fucking cocky. I was primed for some action, some violence. I fulfilled my own prophecy and got another AMC hot dog, and lo, it was excellent. Mm. That was a good smelling dog. Oh, great smelling dog. We settled in (laughs) for a silent, (laughs) not so silent night. Of John Woo action spectacle. Yeah. Or at the very least, Adam Driver's hard-charging Ferrari action. Or yeah. maybe a vampire movie, Nosferatu. <laughs> no, you think R-rated mystery movie. You think action, horror, maybe a really raunchy comedy. A genre movie. A genre that, movie. That's in a bunch of quadrants. Yeah. That'll play in Peoria. And the crowd was a bunch of dudes looking just like i thought they'd look well there was a couple next to me on a date with like the girlfriend's parents or something why, I, I didn't why would you do I, that I didn't understand why would you the dynamic that that is a level of bravado on yeah. probably that gentleman's part to roll the dice on a parent outing mm. <laughs> i mean wow well it wasn't john woo but let's check with Bishki <laughs> to see what it was. Bishki, what's that shot? From Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> the big reveal. The big reveal. The curtain goes up. The lights go down. American fiction. <laughs> That's like another American movie in a long line of American Pie. You American won't know Beauty, the truth until you see American the fiction. American Loser, American Virgin, American Standard, American, American Way. American fiction is Core Jefferson's hilarious directorial debut, which confronts our culture's obsession with reducing people to outrageous stereotypes. Jeffrey Wright stars as Monk, a frustrated novelist who's fed up with the establishment profiting from quote, black entertainment that relies on tired and offensive tropes. To prove his point, Monk uses a pen to write an outlandish, quote, black book of his own, a book that propels him to the heart of hypocrisy (laughs) and the madness he claims to disdain. Period. Wow. That's the schnapps. Yeah. I mean, dear listener, you can't understand how big of a 180 flip it was expecting woo and getting and we didn't know until we saw the first frame of film all the company logos were so generic like modern it could have been anything it could have been a fucking expendables movie for all we knew (laughs) until the opening shot which is jeffrey Jeffrey wright's mug just looking at you and you know instantly this is not john (laughs) woo let me tell you this jeffrey wright is an intergalactic treasure like, this dude could play anything. Yeah, he's been in so many movies I've seen, and he's like. outstanding in all of them. <laughs> Syriana. Such uh, as Basquiat? No, I was looking at I mean, He was in... Um, the Batman. The Batman. He was in French Dispatch, No Time to Die, Broken Flowers, Game Night, Casino Royale. Oh, he's everywhere. W. Ali. Double. Westworld. 
He was in Westworld, West too. World, yes. Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, so he's been in a lot of movies. Yes. And the second you see him on screen, the second he starts doing his thing in this movie, you buy him. Like, yeah. at least I do. Like, I'm just like, holy shit. You feel taken care of with him, no matter where this thing goes. Mm -hmm. But the way he was framed in that first shot, the reveal that he was a professor at a probably a small college. Yeah. My brain was like, uh-oh, this movie's going to try to be good. <laughs> I was not, that's not what I signed up for. Well, we've been dealing with this a lot lately. We've been trafficking in kind of dead genres. And we did it with the unforgettable Meg Ryan film, What Happens Later, which is the dead romantic comedy genre. And we dealt with it with The Holdovers, Alexander Payne's kind of heartfelt dramedy. You don't you don't see, like, dramedies for adults anymore at the movie theater. Mm. Like, yeah, but tonight we got it. <laughs> but tonight, tonight we got it. So much of it. It took me a couple reels to readjust because <laughs> it was such a come down. Like, I can't really tell you. I was kind of in the mood for some bloodlust. I was like, jacked up. I was like, yeah. I need some pain. I need some, some retribution. I need you to vicariously live through this John Wick surrogate. P-A-I-N, not Alexander Payne. Right. You needed actual pain. Right. And so when we like, yeah, open up in this classroom and they're talking about like sensitive topics and, you know, there's like the woke liberal commie Gen Z student that's like, I, I feel I don't feel safe in this space or whatever. I was like, oh, it was so shocking. Like, it was so shocking I had to, re to readjust because like, again, like I have no like we weren't ready. I was not ready for this. I wasn't but in the mood for this. That's the so. beauty of screen unseen. No, I remember how excited Gender I was gone like, wrong. when the trailers were ending i was just like this i've never been i haven't been this excited bishki turned movie. to me and very stoically said i'm really excited and i'm like yeah dude that's what they're doing we this is don't know cinematic russian roulette well, because yeah. after the amc nicole kidman ad there was like a stinger ad that we've never seen before which was just like a jpeg that they put up with no music <laughs> yeah. to the point where we all looked at each other like are we supposed to do something yeah. to like activate this to like get to the next level it was level? like screen unseen follow us and talk about us tomorrow yeah which we will be hashtag <laughs> We gotta win that mystery unseen. prize. We gotta, yeah, we gotta win the mystery. There's prize. a mystery prize up for using the hashtag. Anyway, you know it's in a Cole Kidman outfit or <laughs> whatever the fuck that merch is or selling. A Taylor Swift bracelet, which we got going in. It says AMC. It's a friendship bracelet. I didn't I get a bracelet. Did you get a bracelet? Just I grabbed. It's okay. I grabbed fifteen. <laughs> one for every. <laughs> One for every person in the lodge. The so. woman taking our tickets was deadpan hilarity. She was like... On autopilot, repeat. She, well, she was like, was repeat, like a, was like repeat. A, she was like, thank you, enjoy the show. Thank you, enjoy the show. But then this dude was like, he, he spied the Taylor Swift bracelets on this table. And he's like, can I have one of those? And she's like, take them all. We're trying to phase Taylor out, but respectfully. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then like when I took them all, I was like, oh, I kind of feel bad. And she's like, don't worry. And she like opened up <laughs> like her, her little cabinet below her thing. And she just had like bags full oh, of them. So yeah, shit, yeah. Man. She had oh, tons man. to give away. Yeah. That's awesome. Anyway, this movie is a strange one. Because it 
kind of is put together like a sitcom in a lot of ways. Like the music is very old fashioned. Yeah. And the music will tug at your heartstrings when it needs to. When something funny's going down, you get the pizzicato strings. Yeah. It's kind of jazzy, kind of fluty. And it's also funnier than a sitcom like it it sneaks up on you in different ways like i was laughing pretty fucking hard during this movie well yeah the satirical elements of this film with with jeffrey wright being this novelist who wants to break out of you know the stereotypes that who nobody's reading his books yeah and (laughs) and jeffrey wright's the perfect cast for this role his face his grimaces tell a thousand words you know yeah so i think that element of the film of the of of kind of satirizing like what you know these publishers are are putting out there is was pretty funny the dramatic element (laughs) of this film is deadly well here's the thing here's the thing this is a movie about pandering or doing what it takes to get published or to get a movie made or to get anything to the masses and the movie it's meta in its own way at the end, which we'll get to, but the movie in its own way is doing that by having this ostensible high concept thing going on, which is him pretending to be this streetwise author, but it doesn't really care about that. The movie really just wants to get this family story mm. into the theaters. Yeah. So it's like, it knows it has to, play the game like that's all the schnapps was about the schnapps wasn't talking about his mom with alzheimer's or his childhood maid's love life or (laughs) any of that shit Mm -hmm. but that's what the movie's about really yeah the whole time i was watching it i was like was this written and conceived as some sort of charlie kaufman-esque take on how to get your film made it could have been and then it, it like an hour and change into it, I'm like, oh, they, it, it just, they abandoned that. Like in some kind of yes. weird cowardly way, they were like, I could make this self-aware, but you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to swing for the fences and hope that this gets nominated for an Academy Award. Who like, gives a shit? Yeah. They're like, let's just lean into the Alzheimer mother who has Alzheimer's like totally. And I'm, like, and oh, I'm, yeah. I'm not against that. Like with all of my lifetime movie acumen, I'm probably the best suited to just handle a movie like that and enjoy it. But because, yes, it does have this big, broad comedic conceit that it does just put on not even the back burner but like the backyard burner for so much of it and then at the end it hurries up and brings it back Mm -hmm. it's (laughs) i mean it's it's tonal whiplash yeah but the audience seemed to be loving it like i don't know if it was just because they came out on a whim for five dollars and they're making hay while the sun shined or what but there were dudes laughing like donkey laughs, like ho ho. What was that? Oh, like so there's Tucson. There was a joke? Tucson line oh, that activated that one. Stung guy. him hard. He's probably uh, from there. Yeah. There was a joke Reagan on Tucson that that dude fucking loved. It hit like up. a bullseye. But I don't know. The acting's so good. Like the S- Sterling K. Brown's great. He played uh, Christopher Darden, 
on the AMC True Crime OJ. It was the FX. It was the FX. The People versus OJ Simpson. Highly. Starring Cuba Gooding Jr. Highly recommended. Yes. Some prime Travolta as well. And it has, uh, what is her name? Tracy Ellis Ross. His love interest. Oh, I don't know her. Omniscient editorial note. The actor's name is Erica Alexander. She was on Living Single. Yes. Which is a show I just, grew up with. I grew up with. I used to watch it with my mom. Yeah. It was so fucking good. Martin and Living Single and then hanging with Mr. Cooper. She played Maxine on Living Single. Yes. And she's she's back. She like, looks amazing. She's like, great. Come on. Like it's a fucking stack cast. It's just they're they're in a movie where you keep waiting for that big comedic twist and turn to happen, which it doesn't seem to care about at all. <laughs> so yeah, this, the dramatic subplots just took me out. Like I was in, I would become in for the comedy stuff. Yeah, and then I would just drift out and like, oh. Like, but the the dramatic moments did make the comedy land harder. Right, though. I think it was so kind of peaks and valleys emotionally because some of those jokes, like the darkest joke in the whole movie, landed the hardest with me. Where there's a, a running subplot about what happened to his father. Right. And his father committed suicide. Jeffrey Wright and his agent are on the phone trying to pull their, you know, do their shell game, right. trying to make him sound like he's street so they can get a better deal. And the agent makes a finger gun to the head, blow my brains out gesture. And then he's like, oh, sorry, your dad. <laughs> and the and like, whole theater went nuts. Yeah. And like, you don't get that without the fucking drama. No, you don't. Yeah. I think I was on board with the drama more than Sweet Brother Bishke was. I don't even know what Lucas was going through. If you were adjusting for reels upon reels, that must have just been disorienting for well, you. Well, you know what sucks is I'd heard about this film at Toronto winning like the People's Choice Award like for Best Film. Right. So I was like, oh, let me check out the trailer. And I, I couldn't really finish the trailer. It was just like I recoiled. I was like, oh, man. Well, it looks the, the, pretty trite and heavy handed. That and I'm, broad I'm comedic a, conceit is I'm pretty not a stupid. fan of Bullworth. I was just right. like, I mean, I like Jeffrey Wright. Like, I, I appreciate and, you know, respect what it's trying to do. But like when it started, I was like, oh, not this, like not tonight. <laughs> Anything but this. And so I, I was not engaged with either the comedy or the drama. I, I didn't really care about Jeffrey Wright's character. You're like, um, nobody's holding guns akimbo, jumping I, through a Christmas what? tree. Well, no, the, the, when I perked up and got the most excited mm. was when he started typing the book for the first time. Yeah. And Keith David and this other actor appear yes. like in this fantasy realm, oh, acting David's his book so out. And I was like, oh, man, I hope this is the whole movie they with these guys. They did that for one and little they just, scene. they just flicked us some holy water, like Whoa. passing by. And I was like, I need some more. You know, father, come back and give me more. When that shit happened, when he finally, like his back's against the wall, his sister dies, his mom needs round the clock care. He needs to write something commercial and he sits down and he just starts writing this scene. And when the actors show up in the room, like pointing guns at each other, that's when it really felt like the movie was taken off. I'm like, yeah. okay, holy shit. Here we go. We're really going there. This is going to be insane. Yeah. Go meta, go Charlie Kaufman, do all that. <laughs> 
but nope. That was the just only one little just scene. One scene, yeah. And then we're back to pretty terrestrial familial communication character study stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting because I remember people, you know, you know, like not loving the movie, everything, everywhere, all at once, which I loved. And I, right. I couldn't really understand what they were saying. But then tonight in this theater, people were laughing way more than I was. <laughs> I might have chuckled twice. I did. I made note that there was very, very little, precious little hothead laughter. So it was like, oh, these are what people were talking about. Like when the movie's trying very hard at like, you know, getting a reaction from you and it's not landing, you know, or it's it's try hard or something. Yeah. Like it just, now I get what people were referencing with everything everywhere all at once because I felt it tonight on the other end, like yeah. watching this movie. And the movie does take some shots at Tyler Perry. Well, dude, it takes <laughs> shots at Lee Daniels and Precious based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Oh, true, let's, true. let's just address that right off the bat. I don't know who wrote the original novel for American <laughs> fiction, but you know they're just throwing shade oh, yeah. at, at, at yeah. all of that shit. Well, yeah. they, they have a excellence in black entertainment like commercial on TV that he's watching, and it's just like that was amazing. It that was, was a just, that was a salad crouton. It was like a montage of it like, was it was it, it was a crouton. Let's give a crouton its due. Yes. Yeah, it was a montage of like the grisliest aspects of like boys in the society. Boys in the hood. Precious was in the movie. Yeah. So I mean, it hits hard, but the like the music and and a lot of it is so soft that the (laughs) the hits do hit way harder. They like sneak up on you and uppercut you. Yeah, the score was so just breezy and weird. It weird. felt like it was 1990s. It was, it was like an episode of the fucking Golden Girls. Yes. And the whole time <laughs> yes. I just thought like I am enjoying this film on a number of levels, but for some reason this trailer has got to be dog shit. Yeah. Cuz it probably uses that music and is pandering to like 70-year-old white intellectuals in, in a weird like way that folds in on itself. I think the trailer makes it look like an update on Soul Man in a weird way and it's not what it is at all. Like it hangs its hat solely on this conceit that really doesn't figure into it until kind of toward the end when he is on this board of judges for this literary prize. And of course his ghost written book is in the mix and all the white people are like eating it up. And just like with adaptation, he kind of imagines different conclusions to the movie. And we have Adam Brody, who's perfectly playing, who has the perfect hair too, to play this guy who's trying to get the rights to the book to make a movie. So we see different conclusions. What do we think about the ending? Mm, I mean, you kind of, mm, kind of <laughs> predictable. I'm like, not predictable because right. it went meta. But like you expect the, him to go up and win the prize and then reveal himself yeah. as the real author to his his girlfriend and to everybody into the world. But then also not a slam dunk in terms of the meta ways that it did go. I don't know. The movie knows that uh, a speech at the end is for no one. Right. Because yeah, yeah. the audience is in on the joke just right. because the audience of the book awards isn't doesn't mean we're going to get anything out of that. Exactly. So cycling the 
what really happened with the melodramatic version with the Hollywood bullshit yeah, shootout Adam, ending. Adam, Adam Brady keeps saying, no, what else you got? No, that's still not good. And he's like, well, how about this? And I would say this is the salad dragon. Oh, he's got a dragon. Okay. The Salad Dragon. A scene in a movie that is so bizarre, baffling, or transcendent that it instantly justifies the price of admission. Or Reese Witherspoon's leafy transformation in A Wrinkle in Time. He has created this persona that has gotten out of control and apparently this author that he's created is wanted for murder, so the FBI is looking for him. And... At the end, he's about to give his speech and he has the the award in his hand and all these agents bust in, hold guns on him, telling him, drop your weapon. He's got a gun. He's got a gun. And they all just light him up and it's like operatic and he's just holding the blood spattered award. And of course, Adam Brody loves it. And (laughs) he just drives off the studio lot with his brother having totally sold out. I mean, that that fits with the tone of kind of the early going of the movie or the early going of the comedic conceit. Like if they would have just taken that farther and gone harder with it. And just made that the whole movie. Made that the whole movie. Yeah. Well, I thought it pulled its punches a little bit, too. Like I, what I was really hoping was going to happen is that, you know, in the movie, his brother, Sterling K. Brown, is recently out as gay right his wife caught him with a man and he can finally live his truth and so he's like doing blow and sleeping around with like younger guys and i was really hoping at the end of the movie jeffrey wright was going to get in the car with him and he's like i can't believe you made me gay in the movie (laughs) oh right right you know he would have been like, well, you fucking have to. You have to do that now. Oh, there's Somebody's got to be gay in the movie. There's so much stuff that could have, like, because they go so hard on the racial element. Like, it had so much runway to go deeper and harder with this stuff, you yeah, know? Yeah. And it clearly was, like, loaded for bear and ready to do that. But <laughs> just like, no, we're going to tell this kind of. MGM Orion was like, let's rework it a little. Let's talk more about the Alzheimer's a little bit (laughs) and kind of lean that way for a while. And let's uh, turn the flute up on the score a bit, (laughs) you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of ways it could have gone, but this is what it is. This, This big, unwieldy mishmash of tones, but it's screen unseen. We're the first. (laughs) We're the first in this AMC area to see it. I want to know about those American fiction (laughs) bones. Who is first to bone tonight? I think Brother Justin is the man. First to bone. Yeah, this is my fault (laughs) because... I think it was your idea. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is you. You drove us here. Here's what happened. I was looking for a new Blu-ray player. Yes. And I went to a website for tech deals. <laughs> and in the movie <laughs> section, it said AMC screen unseen. Hell I was yeah. like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it got to you. So I texted it to the group. I'm like, we have to do this, right? And everyone got real excited. <laughs> And uh, so sorry. Here we are. But I think 
I think the real twist here has yet to reveal itself. The prestige has not happened yet. Mm. My theory, because I don't know who the hell Cord Jefferson is. Yeah. Oh, I shit. Think, oh, God. I think Noah Baumbach <laughs> wrote this because he was like, nobody fucking wants to make my dramedy movies anymore. Uh, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get a taste of Noah Bomb Black. Oh, Jesus. I'm going to write a movie <laughs> and say I'm black. And it's going to be about a black author oh who is an intellectual, but he knows he needs to pander to a certain oh, audience. It feels We're going to skewer all these white liberals who live in Brooklyn. Oh, he would love that. Oh, he would love that, Justin. Super meta in the real world. Yeah. So let's just wait. Let's yeah. see in a couple years when he gets outed. Yeah, when when this movie started and I I saw I keep wanting to call him Bernard because that was his character in Westworld. When I saw Jeffrey Wright <laughs> at the fucking whiteboard yep. at the beginning and the N word is prominently displayed behind him. Yes. I just sighed because I'm like, I don't want to fucking learn anything today. Like, don't <laughs> yeah, make we were me ready think, for John Woo. Don't make me think about society's ills. <laughs> I wanted to see uh, Joel Kinnaman kill a bunch of people yeah i don't even know what that movie's about either it's a christmas violence yes is all we need to know. he's got to yeah. get his son a turbo man yeah <laughs> so yeah that was that stopped me dead in my tracks i'm like oh of course they had to trick us into seeing this i yeah. know that's what we i thought. thought i was like fuck we thought it was gonna be a movie that we wanted to see voluntarily yeah so why would it be and I, I leaned to Lodge Master about a half hour in after his sister died and they were at a funeral. I'm like, <laughs> whose idea was it to make this movie a secret? That's right. <laughs> so confusing. That said, fucking, it had some excellent goddamn jokes. That's right. It was by all accounts well-written, even though I, I'm sure we all agree it could have been a lot more meta. Uh, but... You know, this is something that I would not have seen voluntarily. That's the beauty of Screen Unseen. So I got to give it up for Screen Unseen. (laughs) Screen Unseen. I'm giving this three bones. Three bones! Screen Unseen. That's right. You fucking got me. That's right, Brother Justin. That suicide joke was fucking excellent. Brother Justin appreciates solid comedy writing, folks. Never forget that. Brother Bishke, you're next. Oh, yeah, a lot of people ask me, or some people ask me, they're like, what's this podcast you're on about? Like, Ooh, oh, we people see- on the street are talking about it. <laughs> no, no, just I tell people, I have a podcast. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, a movie podcast. I, oh. took a, I took a selfie with Bishke at the North Hollywood Trader Joe's once because I bumped into him. <laughs> yeah. And people <laughs> followed me out to the parking lot asking me who he was. And I was like, Matt's Movie Lodgecast. Yes. Yeah. Hell yes. Yeah. But it's grassroots. Anyway, so I, I usually say, oh, well, we try to see the very best movies mm. and we try to see the very worst Ooh, movies. Like that. <laughs> because everything in between, I just usually am not into. Right. And this movie is one of those oh, God. middling movies <laughs> that I just wouldn't see on my own time. That's right. And we would see the trailer and we just kind of gloss over it and move on to the next one. And but I'm glad, you know, that that we we were so 
taken aback by what <laughs> yes. that we got an R-rated mystery movie that's R-rated for profanity. That's <laughs> that really it. messed me up. Yeah. I was like, how is this rated R? <laughs> Just R, yeah, R-rated for profanity. So at first I was like, oh, my heart is just like, oh no. But then once we get into it, Jeffrey Wright's so good. Yeah, and, you had and, some chuckles. And I, and yeah, I was laughing along with Lodge Master and. <laughs> 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 Laugh along with me. But it feels the, good. But the, begrudgingly laughing. The, dra the drama scenes are deadly. The direction mm. is really just not there. Like this guy is, I don't know, I guess it's his debut. So yeah, it's just some slack. I, it's tough too because it's just so, it's just visually. This Student feature, Bishy? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I won't say that because the writing's good enough. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Certification you know, denied. Denied. <laughs> but it's like, but it's like small scale though, right? You could like a grad student could have shot this. Some movie. of the block. Yeah. Am I wrong? Some of the blocking is pretty funny, but the blocking, I don't cinematography, know. everything's just very like professional and. It not. just felt like, hey, my parents have like a summer home. We can film a movie there. I can't. I can't co-sign that. No, no, we won't fully go there. But so <laughs> but you've been put on notice, American fiction. So the, the, <laughs> The comedy, the comedy I'll go for, the drama not at all. Mm. So that that puts it right in the middle at two bones. Gotta give him two. Utah, give me two. Yeah, it's two. Um, you know, it wasn't like as painful as I thought it was going to be That's in right. the early going. And um, and we'll see how it does at the box office coming on limited release in later December. Oh, shit. Ground okay. rule double for Cord Jefferson, a very real name for a real person. <laughs> That's right. Not something you plug into a wall. Brother Lucas, what are you going to do to this? Man, I just would like to preface this by saying these new plush rockers mm. have Velcro. Oh, no, the Velcro hit I you again? And sat in seat number six <sighs> in row F, I sat down and I heard like a crunching sound. I'm like, oh, is there like a bag, like a plastic bag under my seat? Oh, well, I don't need to worry about it. No. I start like sinking into my seat again and I'm feeling this fucking like scratchy tickling, Velcro teeth. Tickling your tramp stamp? Again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Every time. And I like would move at quiet moments in the film when she was getting diagnosed with like frontal temporal like Alzheimer's and it'd be like... <laughs> Why have you been cursed? And I'm like, these plush rockers are great. Who the fuck makes plush rockers with Velcro? For Christ's sake, there's got to be like a, a button or a snap or something. That's the real drama. Fuck yeah, this right. Alzheimer's bullshit. <laughs> it's sitting on Velcro. What's going on with this Velcro? But to, up my ass. But <laughs> yeah, it's like making me feel like I'm getting bed bugs up my butt. Um, Lucas, I'm so sorry that's happening twice now. So AMC's on notice with these plush zipper Velcro, whatever the fuck they are. That's uh, like every time my mom like orders a hard drive or gets a new TV, it's fucked up. <laughs> and I'm like, this doesn't happen. This only happens to you. 100% of the time. <laughs> so you're taking on all the sins for all of us, I think. But to shine some love and light on, on the film. Yes. Um, what I did appreciate, I did not know it was based on a book until the end, but it felt like a book when I was watching it because, yeah, it was jumping around all the all over the place and it was like, man, it almost feels like they didn't know what to cut out. But I, I thought it was like a spec, so I was kind of confused. I was like, yeah, how do you come up with this, con this Bullworth concept but then not... <laughs> cash in on it right. and then you're gonna give us this kind of like yeah like middling lifetime like i have cancer and i'm dying you know like yeah. the the room but that being said i appreciated 
the author and and the screenwriter, you know, showing us like a regular black family that is like upper class that has like a summer home or a beach home and and they have a live-in nanny, you know, slash, you know, cook or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is cool. So he's like commenting on, you know, the the absurdity of it all, but also showing us at the same right. time, like a genuine real life, you know, family that 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 we can all relate to. And that's we, a meta layer in its own way, much right. more subtle. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I definitely appreciate that. Like, I get what they're doing, but like like to echo brother Bishke, it's like you're, you're, you're diluting your product. You're, you've got two movies here <laughs> and you're like trying to give them both yeah. equal measure, but I'm not really laughing at the comedy as much as everybody else was. <laughs> we but all then again, it. I go to a lot more movies than everybody else. And and then the drama, yeah, it's like, we've seen all this before. So yeah, I was really hoping the ending would have paid off so I could give it that brother Ben bump, but I'm going to go with Bishke and give it a solid two bones. Give me two. I liked it better than you and Bishke. I mean, a movie that can make me laugh that hard in this day and age, that's a testament to the direction, to the performances. There has to be such an alchemy with the actors playing off each other to to make the writing hit that hard. And I have to respect that. This movie is so strange tonally. It's what I kept thinking of, and I don't know why I kept thinking of this, but if like in multiplicity... Michael Keaton starts cloning himself at the beginning and then you don't see any of the clone antics. There's no repercussions whatsoever, but then <laughs> lets them go free, but he just lets them go free to wander the beach or whatever. And he waves at him every once in a while, but there's no big comedy. And then at the end, they all come stumbling back in for the, uh, you know, the big dinner at the end, <laughs> like, that's what it kind of feels like. It's like you have this concept and you just shuffle it aside. It is based on a book. I don't know if it was being too adherent to the book yeah. because maybe this would play a lot more normal in like a novel form. Like you wouldn't be trying to ascribe movie genres to it as readily. But, you know, I flowed with it. I was I was flexible and I went with the drama and I was hit with the comedy. I got to give this three bones. Hmm. That's three. And Jeffrey Wright is a shoe in for at least a nomination. I don't think uh, he's going to beat the Leo machine or whoever else is going to be out there. But I think it's going to be a nomination. People will at least wonder what the fuck this movie is. You know, I wonder if they finished filming this before everything everywhere all at once won all the fucking academy awards right because it seems like in that post awards shower for that right. film you'd be more apt to go crazier right with awards yeah. bait i think if it was like an a24 movie they would have been like do sure. whatever the fuck you want like let's make it weird right but this is like a Orion, <laughs> yeah. MGM, and they're like mm, let's, let's keep it on the rails folks yeah yeah so, really interesting time at the movies tonight. I think we should do this again sometime. <sighs> <laughs> that was Bishki's deep sigh. He's afraid. I'm afraid, but I'm willing to if we do see a screen unseen, especially R-rated I think if we yeah. got to do R, if it's R-rated R, I'll do it, but if it's yeah. not rated R, I don't think I could do it. Yeah. We go to a PG one. We get stuck for like <laughs> Trolls World Tour 4 or something. 
That'd be a kick in the gut. Oh boy, yeah. Okay, that'll be part of the deal. It's got to be rated R. Rated R. That sounds good, brother Justin. Thank you for joining us on this crazy adventure that you organized. I am sorry. (laughs) Do not apologize. We were made to feel again. We felt excited again. That's good. Yeah, that's good stuff, y'all. Keep coming up with wacky ideas, AMC. And that's we'll right. Be there, we will be there with our Taylor Swift friendship bracelets on. Yes. <laughs> I think the last time someone gave us movie tickets for a mystery movie, it ended up being Black Knight. So oh, we've God. come a long way. No, we have. That's the best movie. <laughs> that was the high watermark forevermore. That's the screen unseen, y'all. Screen unseen. Screen unseen. Love and light. Love and light. Love and light. Don't tell. good smelling dog.